Hey guys, welcome to the first virtual episode of Hope It Helps. Today's guest has been working in PR and marketing for quite some time now. Due to her extensive experience and after completing her coaching certification, she took the initiative and is now managing and running the entire social media and marketing campaigns for North Point Coaching Academy. During that time, she also decided to launch and create her own podcast called Life School Me, where through her conversations with her guests, she aims to inspire and encourage people to feel the fear, take action, and go for what they truly want. During this episode, we discussed her journey with podcasting, she shares with us her experience with her life coaching course, and talks about the importance of taking risks and not having any regrets. She was thrown into the real world from a young age and has always said that life has been her biggest teacher, and as she puts it, this life is not a dress rehearsal and we only get one shot, so why not take the leap and just give it a go? Please welcome to the show, the host of the Life School Me podcast and the leopard queen herself, Miss Pizza Al-Akawi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I was curious to hear from you how you've been managing with this whole 24-hour quarantine and lockdown situation going oh, on. The lockdown. Um, well, I think, I think what they're doing here is 100% the right move. And I feel um, very safe and I have confidence in our government. You know, if I look at what we're doing back in my homeland <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a completely different story it's a bit of a shamble so I think what they're doing is great um it's just getting a little bit I don't want to use the word boring because look we're so lucky we all have well the majority of us you know we have a lovely home and we have food and we're, and we're safe and warm um but it it's feeling like it's going on for a while now but it hasn't yeah. been that long but it feels I don't, I don't know about you, but to me, it feels like a long time. It feels like three months, not one month. No, I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Um, and it's just hard to um, sometimes differentiate between the days. And, and I've definitely got into a weird sleeping pattern. And, um, you know, luckily, I've got a few projects still going. So I'm keeping myself busy. But it's, yeah, it, it sort of, it comes in, in peaks and troughs. Some days I feel really positive and other days I just feel a bit unmotivated to do anything. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And I think it's, so the interesting thing about this time is you probably have more time than ever, but I think we're not used to that. So we don't know as people how to fill that time productively and, you know, maintain, uh, you know, I guess a productive and positive mindset with that because you're also in the same environment the whole time yeah and it's a bit like being in some sort of social experiment you know it does yeah (laughs) Yeah. psychologically and I think a lot of people right now are feeling so under pressure to use this time like there's lots of these memes going around uh, you know in quotes about if you don't come out of quarantine you know with a new skill then you know you're not disciplined and and that really annoys me because some people at the moment just getting out of bed you know and getting dressed is an achievement um so I think yeah it's not being able to sort of leave and being stuck in one place even if you are a super motivated proactive person naturally like I've got friends that are so busy all the time and they're so on it and they're great at their jobs and they're having to be stuck at home working from home and they're really struggling they're like yeah I cannot find the motivation I just cannot focus 
Um, so I'd love to know what it what it is actually doing to us, you know, psychologically. Because I I also have heard from people that they're having really weird dreams um, or they're struggling to sleep. Um, so it, it does affect us, I think, more than we realise. So I think we need to kind of be kind to ourselves and yeah, not not put too much pressure to learn a new language or make banana bread or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned uh, banana bread because now, like, if you look on Instagram, everyone has become a chef. You know, people that I didn't even know well, cooked before, are, like, posting and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's really interesting. I know. Um, I mean, that is a lovely thing to do. You know, it's a great sure. way to use your time. But it is funny, sort of, the uh, the content. that there's, there's some very, very similar themes in people's content. Um, but it's just we're living in we're living in history right now it is it's so surreal and we will look back on this you know in in five ten years and you know this this is part of history now um and it's just it's very strange and I'm trying to to not consume too much news Mm. I did at the beginning and now I'm just like okay I kind of keep on top of it because I want to be informed but you know with all the news and then all the things that we all get sent on our various different WhatsApp groups, it, be, it can become quite overwhelming. So now I'm just like, I'm staying on top of what I need to know locally here and a little bit in the UK. And then that's it. I don't, I don't sort of read and watch things all day. Like I was in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I think after a while is just because there's no, it's consistently negative. Not that it's anyone's fault, but it's just the reality of the situation and how serious it is. Um, so to keep, you know, hearing about more cases and more deaths and so on, it does, I think it has a psychological effect on us if you just continuously hear negative things. So I think what you're doing is pretty smart to just focus on what's closest to you and what I guess is most relevant to you. Yeah, 100% because it's, you know, and, and headlines are designed in a way to capture attention. And a lot of the time these headlines, you know, they're just terrifying. And I'm just like, you know, I'm aware of what's going on, but I don't want to... I don't want to kind of go down that path every single day because I think it could it could start to really, yeah, really affect you. You know, we all know the severity. We all know, we all know what's happening. What do you think um, from a future perspective, how this is going to change people? Because I've been reading and watching some interesting people talk about this and they mentioned that from a psychological perspective, like let's say in a couple of months or who knows when this, everything can go in quotation marks back to normal life. Mm-hmm. Are pe- I think it's going to take a lot longer for people and human behavior to go back to what it was. I think this has had a really big shock on us from a psychological perspective. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that, I think there will be, you know, there'll be a group of people which, you know, have used this to, really kind of slow down and assess where they are and sort of realign themselves and and it's been a really positive experience you'll have people who whose mental health has just suffered so much maybe because they're you know alone or they've lost someone or financially they've been impacted um I mean we all are financially impacted but impacted to a point where you know they've had to you know maybe move or change their lifestyle whatever um and for for them I think that will you know the repercussions of this is is going to go on for for a long time um and then you'll have other people who you know just sort of 
they've adapted quite well. They've they've kept their job. They've worked from home. They've got to spend more time with the kids, and then they go back to normal life. So I think it's going to be really varied. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's you know I just worry about those people who who for for them right now is you know maybe their house is not their safe haven and it's not a safe place. Um, and those people who are suffering with their mental health. Um, and I also worry about, and this is what I keep talking about with my family. I'm like, look, eventually this virus will go um, one way or another. But the ramifications of this as, a, as, a, as the world economically is it's a disaster. And that's what I worry about most. Yeah, we don't know, like we're seeing the effects of it now, but number one, we don't know how long this is going to last for. That's one. So it's impossible for even as people or companies to plan for, you know, that timeline. And number two, we have no idea what a world after this virus is going to look like. And I think it's so complicated and I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I'm not an expert on you know, the economy and finances. But my mum made a really good point the other day. She said, you know, the UK are doing all these amazing things, you know, supporting people. Um, they, they call it being put on furlough. So you basically get 80% of your salary paid by the government. Um, oh, okay. So you keep your job, but you you get supported by the government until your company are able to pay you again. And it's capped at a certain amount, but at least you have, you know, money coming in. But my mum made the point of that's great, but the, the public are going to have to pay this money back. These billions of pounds that are being given as support to the nation will have to be put back into the economy. And how will that be done? Higher taxes, mm-hmm. you know, um, the cost of things will go up. So it's it's like there's, there's a trade-off, you know? And obviously it's very complicated and there's many layers to it, but the ripple effect of everything that's happening right now it's it's huge and it's definitely made me think god you know i need to start being way more sensible with money i need to start you know properly saving and, and really kind of reassessing how i how me and rami my husband sort of manage money and it's it's quite eye opening in a way because you just don't know when anything like this is going to happen exactly um, exactly but I think it's just I think right now everyone everyone that I speak to sort of on a daily basis we're all kind of just saying to each other you know it's one day at a time let's try and focus on all the positive things and do whatever we can to you know on that given day to help us get through the day and and feel good and I think that's all we can really do right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And um, I think it's important, like you said, you mentioned the mental health aspect. I think it's important to, as much as this is having an effect on our you know, psychology from a mental health perspective, I think this is probably a really good time to you like let mental health be, I guess, the for, like your priority in a way and like the forefront of your focus because you don't know how long this is going to last. So fixing that and trying to learn maybe new ways to you know, you know improve your mental health or tips and tricks you know to keep yourself you know in a positive mindset are super important so things like um i've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently and a lot of interviews um, i usually do that 
uh, anyway, but I've really picked up on it recently. And I wanted to talk to you about podcasts because I know you have your own podcast. And to everyone listening, it's called Life School Me. Please check it out. Um, but I'd like to hear from you, Peter, your story behind the podcast. Why did you decide to start it? And maybe you can walk us through what the aim of the podcast is. Well, just just on podcasts, before I get into mine, I would love sure. to share with you a couple of podcasts that I have listened to recently that I would highly recommend people to listen to right now. Um, okay. And I'll share the links with you and you can share them, you know, however way you, you do it. Um, okay. That are just really really uplifting and interesting and um very much about what we're going through right now um because like you I I love listening to podcasts and I do it anyway but especially now I'm really enjoying listening to to podcasts and um oh they're just a they're just a great way of you you kind of uh, well for me anyway I have certain podcasts and I feel like I'm with the people when I'm listening to it yeah um, yeah for sure like I, I yeah I just I love them so I'll, I'll share some recommendations with you but for my podcast I started it in I think it was June last year when I recorded my first episode but the idea had been sort of bubbling away for a few months prior to that but it wasn't a podcast I wanted to create I wanted to create, um, we, we have a panel show in the UK called Loose Women, and it's um, a panel of four women, and um, it's on five days a week, and they have different guests, and they just discuss topics, and it's one of my favorite shows, and I wanted to create something like that here, and I honestly had never really listened to a podcast, I didn't really know what a podcast was. And I had this sort of vision of creating this panel show and filming it and it being sort of like maybe a YouTube series. Mm -hmm. And as I started to sort of properly sort of plan it out and um, storyboard it and really get into the details, I realized that this is an enormous thing to try and start. Um, I have no presenting experience. I'm not comfortable in front of a camera. I don't have money for a studio. Like all these things, I was like, but I'm, I'm thinking way too big here. And then someone, okay. someone said to me, why, well, why don't you do it as a podcast and just start small and you can do it from your home and you don't need much equipment. So then I started to listen to podcasts and I actually did too much research. And this is what I say to people now who were thinking about starting a podcast. I posted on Facebook groups, I met up with people. So anyone that I could get in contact with that had a podcast, I would say, look, can I take you for a coffee and pick your brains? And I met a few people and they all had different ways of doing it. And I basically researched for like three months to the point where I sort of confused myself. Okay. And, you know, there's lots of different ways to record a podcast and to stream a podcast. And are you going to just do the audio? You're going to film it as well. You know, there's so many different ways of doing it. And I just got myself in a real tiz about it. And I was overthinking it. And I was also trying to make it like super professional and, 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 and trying to make it something that it just wasn't yet. Instead of just going, well, let me start this just from my home with the equipment I can afford. It's okay if the sound isn't quite there. Um, you know, and just starting, I, I sort of I overthought it. And then 
I spoke to a couple of close friends who are good with sort of audio stuff and they recommended I get literally um, an audio interface, two mics, and I use GarageBand, which is free on Mac. Mm-hmm. And just record from my home. And I had this thing in my head that I wanted to film every every conversation. Um, so I used just an app on my phone and a tripod, a cheap tripod. And I got two really cheap lights from Souk. And I decided to start with people close to me that would be yeah. available to chat. Um, and... You know, I work in the field of PR and marketing. So I work with a lot of amazing women who are entrepreneurs and have their own agencies and, um, you know, small businesses. So I thought, let me start with these women because my original concept was talking to women anyway. So let me start with them. So I started with people close to me and just said, look, you know, I'm starting a podcast. Would you like to come on as a guest? I just want to talk about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur or, you know, I had a couple of um, guests that have maybe overcome something, you know, really huge. Like my first guest, Chloe, had overcome cancer. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I sort of ran it by them, sent them the questions ahead of time so they would be comfortable, and just started. And the first one, I was so nervous that I actually, on the day, was like, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> like, why am I oh. doing this? <laughs> Oh, really? That's interesting. What was uh, what were you so nervous about? Well, you know that thing where like you've been really looking forward to something and then it gets to it and you're like, I actually don't want to do this because I'm too nervous. <laughs> but I know that I'll I'll love it once I've done it. But I'm yeah. ner- I was just nervous about putting myself out there. I, you know, recording my voice like, oh, now I'm so used to hearing the sound of my own bloody voice. But then I was just like, oh, like, and also it's that imposter syndrome of like, who's gonna listen to this like why am I even doing this like who cares you know um yeah but I was like no Chloe has an amazing story and I feel I really want to do this like I I feel it's important I don't know why but I want to do this and uh, that first one was very ropey I kept interrupting her I kept talking over her I kept saying yeah the whole time Um, and the thing is when when you are face to face with someone having a you know normal conversation, there are these sort of like social cues and things you do to to make the other person feel comfortable without even realizing. And mm-hmm. why interviewing is such a skill because I've now learned to ask a question and then shut the f up, <laughs> and allow the other person to speak, and only come in when it's when it's natural and there's a natural pause. Whereas on my first few, you'll notice I, I'm overcompensating because I'm nervous and I'm interrupting the flow of the guest. And I know it's not just me. I've listened to other people's podcasts. And if you go right back to the beginning, it's a very common mistake um, because you want the other person to, to know that you're listening because it's quite a strange setup looking at someone and not saying anything. So the first few were a little bit... Um, just a little bit clumsy. The guests were amazing. All my guests, you know, all the women I, I had on spoke beautifully and were just incredible. Um, and I had in my head that I wanted to, to do 10 episodes um, plus a pilot. So Chloe was my pilot. And then I had 10, 10 episodes. Um, 
And at that time, I was really busy with my PR and marketing work, um, you know, which is how I how I earn my money. So I was very much doing them as and when I could. There was no real structure to it. Um, you know, whenever a lady was free, we would, you know, we would pencil it in. I would do it in my spare room, which is an office. Um, and then I had a, a student, um, a film student who was helping me with the editing. Um, so she would help me with the video edit. So I filmed the whole thing, just the guest, not me. So I'd be behind the camera. Um, and then I would cut those into, you know, um, I might do a four minute video for IGTV and a one minute video for Instagram and then a 31 for Instagram stories. Um, and my, th- this particular student really helped me and she was like an intern of mine. I just found her through a Facebook group and she was incredible and she still works with me now. Um, and so from June, when I started, I didn't wrap up that first series until December. Okay. So it took me quite okay. a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But that was because also I, I was sort of just doing it when I, when I could. I hadn't really sort of thought of a structure. I decided to uh, make sure that the podcast had its own social media platforms. Um, and for anyone listening that wants to set up a podcast, I the only investment I made was my equipment, my audio equipment, um, which was about two and a half thousand dirhams. Yeah, about the same here. Yeah, you know, probably was about the same for me. It's, it's still quite a lot, but it's yours. You own it. You have everything you need then. Um, and then other than that, there wasn't really any other investment. It's just your time. It's very, very time consuming, as you know. Yeah, for sure. Um and then towards the end of series one, I started, you know, each each recording I did, I felt more confident. And, and by sort of like episode six, I would really look forward to recording. You know, I would just be like so excited and I felt in my element. Um, still wasn't perfect, of course, but I felt a lot more. I felt like when I was with a guest, I was more present and I was list, I was actively listening rather than worrying about oh my god and and the next question and you know all checking the time and am I still recording you know yeah no I totally agree with you relaxed and 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 present and obviously that then makes for makes for a better episode and then towards the end of series one I the series one I called DXB women who inspire me um and then towards the end of series one I was thinking okay series two what should it be about? I was maybe going to do something along the lines of sort of um, alternative healers. So I wanted to interview sort of like Reiki healers and spiritualists and kind of go down that route. Okay, interesting. Uh, Which I still like, I would love to do at some point. But then in October, I found out I was pregnant. And it was like a no-brainer. I was like, well, it has to be all about babies and pregnancy. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Makes sense. Um, because this is going to be educational for me. So not only am I going to hopefully help other people with interviewing, you know, birth workers and real mums and positive birth stories, this is going to help me. This is like free, you know, kind of free um, lesson for me in in you know, pregnancy and birth and everything that goes with it. So yeah, in October, I decided, okay, let me, let me do that for series two. And I started to contact people and, you know, I just, I had a few people in mind, a couple of people that I knew, 
most of them I didn't and I just contacted them and you you know you've got nothing to lose have you nope not at all just make sure you know that you have all the information there links to your previous episodes you know even if it's only one that you've done links to your social media tell them you know what your podcast is about what you're about how it would work and um yeah and I started to approach people and we started recording in beginning of Feb was the first one and this time I was like right I'm I don't have the help of my intern as much because she's busy with her final year so I I started to teach myself how to edit on GarageBand um, mm-hmm. and how to edit videos not as well as she does but at least put a logo in the top top hand corner and cut them and I and I decided that I would I would record everything and then bank it and release them a week at a time so it would be much more structured and just a little bit more professional upping my game a bit and I also decided this time that I would be in the camera as well um, okay. which was a big step for me because it's one thing getting used to the sound of your own voice but then seeing yourself on camera it's just like oh it's it's like another layer right yeah and if you're not used to it you know but I thought no push yourself come on you've got to do it um and I recorded eight episodes and then obviously we we had to go on lockdown so what I'm doing now is those eight episodes I banked I'm releasing one week at a time. So um, last week was the third one, and then this week will be will be the fourth one. And then hopefully we can continue after lockdown. But I have to say, this has inspired me to maybe get a few under my belt now <laughs> because <laughs> it's what we're doing now and we're not together. So, yeah. um, you know, yes, I, I like the fact that there's, a, there's an element of... Um, filming my guests but you know we have to adapt adapt with the time so this this episode is um sorry this series is is you know all about pregnancy and birth and positive birth stories and really educating women um about the world of you know babies because a lot of women do not know that they have options and choices um, so that was my real sort of goal with with this series was just to hopefully um, open open people's eyes and make them realise that oh, okay so there are other ways of doing this and I don't just have to listen to one doctor's opinion or you know one person's opinion on this um, and so far it's been a really nice mix of a professional birth worker so doulas hypnobirthing teachers baby massage teachers and then also people real mums talking about their their own personal experiences um and you know look it's with with a podcast you know all the podcasts that I love and I'm sure you're the same most of them are by people who have a platform already very true and so some sometimes you know, you put so much time and energy into creating something. And for me, it is a creative outlet. I really love it. Like, I do it for the joy of it. 
Um, but then, you know, like you see that only 10 people have listened to an episode and you think, you know, or like your Instagram, you know, it's like, oh, I just can't get past, you know, 320 followers. Um, you can sometimes feel a bit demoralized, but then I think, well, you know, you have to start somewhere and it's momentum, isn't it? You have to keep, you just have to keep building on what you've done. 100%. And that's why whenever anyone says to me now, like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this or this, but, you know, I'm not sure whether it's a podcast or whether it's starting like a side hustle. I'm like, just start, literally just start. Don't worry about doing a business plan or figuring out, you know, obviously within reason, if you're, you know, if this is something you need investment for, then you need a business plan. But if this is just something you want to do, you know, in your own time as a bit of a side project, side hustle, just just start it and you yeah. develop it as you go don't worry about it being absolutely perfect or you know oh, but how am I how am I going to commercialize this or you know what if nobody listens to it because the reality is you know with a podcast for your first few the people you're interviewing they will listen to it and maybe people in their circle and, and people in your close circle and that probably will be it yeah, but over time, true. as you build it, you'll gain more and more engagement and, and listeners, and then they can always go back. You know, that's what's so lovely about podcasts. Your whole catalogue, it stays on there. And I often, with podcasts that I love, I go right back to the beginning and listen to their very first episodes. To see where they started from in that journey. To see where they started from. And um, I'm just, well, I'm interested from sort of the podcast, the angle, but also just it's it's more content. Like if I enjoy a podcast, I want to listen to everything they've got available. Um, For sure. And it's, and it's become something that I really, I just, I really cherish it. And even, you know, some of the best podcasts in the world that I listen to, I've heard the presenters be interviewed and they all say, you know, podcasts are very difficult to commercialize anyway. Even the big, even the big ones, mm-hmm. and that's why I think the, the podcast community is so lovely because that's not what it's about. It is about a sense of community and helping each other and creating, hopefully, really helpful and and inspiring content. Um, it's not like the sort of world of like social media where it all becomes sort of about influencers and and paid ads and this and that. Of course, you can get advertisement for your podcast, but I don't think there's big money in podcasts. It's almost like an add-on to mm. your portfolio of other work. So I think it's such a lovely way to give back almost. And I've had clients over the past year that have seen what I'm doing with my podcast and they're like, oh, I'd love to do a podcast. And I'm like, do it. It's such a great way for you to promote your brand, give back, um, and it's another tool for you to, to share what you're doing, whatever business it is. Um, for sure. It is obviously, as you know, um, it does take time. And anyone that wants to start one, you know, you, you get what you put in. One thing I really resonated with what you were saying is the amount of research you did to start a podcast. And I think, uh, like you, you made a very good point that if you dive too deep into it, it can kind of stop you from releasing it. I remember when I was releasing episode one, I was 
just like you, I felt so nervous. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to like hear like how I sound, what I think, you know, it's, it's a vulnerable position to put yourself in, I think. Um, but definitely it has been uh, an incredible experience. Uh, I had to learn things about, you know, social media marketing and editing and learning even just how to become a better speaker and all the ahs and ums that you're talking about. I can resonate with that so much. Every episode nowadays, I'm trying to really improve upon that. So I think it's really interesting. But you know what you're um, doing that I love? And this is something that I haven't yet got the confidence to do is you're doing your own videos to camera as well. And the, the, the daily post thing. Yes. And that mm. is so that is you being so vulnerable and I haven't quite got there yet because I I want to do them and I love when other people do them I love it it makes me feel so connected to people and I love hearing and seeing people but for some reason mm-hmm. I just haven't quite got there yet so you're you're way ahead of me on that one <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just um I don't think it's about being ahead I think it's just that for me just from a personal perspective I'm kind of like, because in the long term, and we're going to get to this later on, I want to be a life coach. So my whole idea behind these daily posts is number one, to face my insecurity about, you know, being on camera and being recorded and kind of, kind of lead by example to show people that if I really want to be the person that you come to that can help you, then I should be helping you, you know, regardless. And this is my way of helping myself, of me growing, understanding, uh, thinking you know, how can I help someone today? What topic should I talk about? And I must, I'm not going to lie. It is, I've put a pressure on myself that I didn't think was that big, you know, before I started these, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do, how easy, how hard would it be to help someone every day? And then I started doing it and then I'm like, oh shit, this is going to take, you know, a lot more work, a lot more uh, mental, you know, energy as well. So it's been it's been interesting. It's not as I'm not going to pretend it's the hardest thing in the world to do, but definitely it's a very it's something very new to me. So I've been enjoying it though. I can definitely say I've been doing it now. I think it's day 11 or 12 in a row by now. But even in that short time, I feel like I've improved so much. I've grown a lot in confidence. I'm not as insecure as I was before. So I think it just takes time and if if it's something that you feel is important to you, I think you'll get to a point eventually that you'll do it, you know, you're going to do it yourself. And from what I know from you, I think you're going to get there a lot sooner than you think. Well, I think you're so right. And it's almost like you've got to resign yourself to the fact that the first one you do or the first couple you do might not be great. And that's okay. You just have yeah. to like accept that, but you will build on it and you will you will improve and it's practice, practice, practice. And, you know, it's a constant thing that develops. So just when you think, oh, I'm getting the hang of this, you'll learn something new and a new way to do it. And that will be better. So I, it's on my to-do list. It is to start doing, <laughs> to start doing some, some videos. Um, so yeah, I need to follow in your footsteps. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be I'm sure they'll be great I have no doubt whatsoever I wanted to come back to uh, what you talked about before so it's interesting for me how you decided your podcast is in series you know so you pick a topic and then you analyze and you that whole series is related to that topic so maybe you could walk me through what's your process behind thinking about what the series is going to be about maybe th- uh, how you pick your guests and maybe what kind of 
research you do beforehand before you interview the guests? Because I've noticed in my first couple of podcasts, I didn't do any research, but we had I had a topic in mind myself of what I wanted to talk about. But for the last, I think, two or three, and this one included, I wrote down some notes and some questions just to, I guess, um, I don't know what the word is. It's just a lot more structured in my head. Yeah. I don't need to ask every single question, but I have a much clearer direction and I've been able to have much better conversations as a result of it, I think, at least. So I'm curious to hear what your process looks like. So uh, first of all, the whole concept of life school ME, life school me, um, yeah. and ME is Middle East, but it also works, you know, kind of like a play on words. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. The whole concept of that name was the fact that I left school at a really young age. I left school at 14 and was taught from home. Um, okay. But I was only taught from home for like two years. And then I just kind of like stopped studying. Um, I was working and I was doing a sport at quite a high level. Um, and sometimes my mom and I look back now and we're like, what were we thinking? But at the time, it wasn't like <laughs> a good idea. And I was very mature for my age. And um, I... Yeah, I, I wanted to work and I moved to London at a young age and, um, you know, I, I decided not to further my education and I went straight into the world of work. Mm -hmm. And so everything I've learned basically has been through life and I really enjoy the company of people who have been through a lot. doesn't necessarily mean that they're older than me, but I like, you know, I like to... to question people and people that have been through amazing experiences and so I was like okay I know that that's what I want the podcast to be about and that's what I want the name to be about because I'm a big believer in learning from life um mm -hmm. and then the I wanted to do the first series with a theme just because I thought well that makes my life easier um but I wanted it to be a loose enough theme so that the guests could be quite varied so that's why I went for DXB women who inspire me. So I thought, well, I'll just start with the women around me that inspire me. And sure. they all have their own unique stories. And I approached the people I know, because that's the easiest way to start is approach the people around you. And I prepared questions um, based on what I already knew about them. So most of the people I interviewed for that first series, I knew really, really well. Um, okay. A couple of them, there were only two that I'd never met before, but I knew their stories. They had a, they had somewhat of a profile. Um, and then the rest, um, you know, I made sure I did my research, but I, I very much knew kind of the angle I wanted. And they all had their own challenges. And I really wanted to hone in on, you know, how to get through challenging times and it'd be quite inspiring. So I did prepare questions and I also had a quick fire round at the end. And as I grew in confidence, I realized that I would have the questions with me. But for the first couple of episodes, I was always looking at the questions and just sort of like, again, like I was saying before, I wasn't actively listening. I was sort of listening, trying to yeah. rush, rush through and like, oh, God, like, remember what the next question is. Whereas now and towards sort of the middle of series one and the end of series one, I know what the questions are. They flow very naturally. In between, I might ask other questions. And we'll get back to that question that's on the list. Or we may scrap it completely because I found a better way of, of asking it. In the beginning, I would like read the question from my paper. 
Like that's how quite yeah. nervous I was. And then I was mm. like, but I know what I want to, just because I've written it like this doesn't mean I have to ask it like this, you know? So I think it's great to be prepared, but, and this just comes with like confidence and experience, doesn't it? You then become sort of, you know, you just ease into it and it's like a natural conversation and it flows. And now I say to my guests, look, this is the structure. These are, this is roughly a guide of the, the questions I'm going to ask you, but there will be other questions in between. This is just to give you a heads up and let me know if you're comfortable with, with where the conversation is going to go. So I just, and now I use them as a bit of a guide. Um, guide, yeah. And, but for me, I really did like the idea of having a theme to the series. Um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts that don't do that at all. They just have series one and each episode they pick a different theme. So it just depends on what way you want to do it. Yeah. You know, that's true. Um, but I do think it's, yeah, making those notes and kind of the more prepared you are, the, I think the better you feel. Definitely. Um, Definitely. For sure. You know, I think it's, you, you know, you can never be over prepared, I don't think, but you can also like get in your head a bit, which is where I was at the beginning. But that that was just down to nerves. You know, once you get over that um, and then you start to really enjoy it, you know, now I very rarely even look at the questions. It's a like like you mentioned. It's a guideline, but you you already know the direction that you want to take this conversation. It's just those questions are just there to pop in is and when needed. Exactly, and I um I really like the structure of an intro and an outro. So what I what I do for series what I have done for series one and now for series two is I record an, an intro, um which remains the same, which is a little brief about what the podcast is about, um. Mm-hmm an intro to the guest because when I interview a guest I don't introduce them I welcome them to the podcast but then we go straight into the conversation I record a separate intro about the guest I do the exact same thing just because exact same thing. you know I don't some podcasts I listen to they do it in front of the guest and it works really well but for me that was just like added pressure so I was like no let's just get, let's just get straight into the conversation <laughs> and then I have an outro which um you know, thanks the guests and includes their social media links, etc. And then um, I always sort of finish on this on the same thing, which is reminding people to, you know, follow, subscribe and like. And also I have like a little sort of motto at the end, um, you know, where I say thank you for listening to Life School Conversations to inspire action. And I kept that as a sort of that's that continues to kind of be the theme. Um, yeah, because for me, that's what I want people to get. I want people to listen to it and action something after they've listened. I want it to inspire them to go, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to email that person about the opportunity. Mm. I'm going to start that project or, or it might just be as simple as I am going to read up more on that now, you know? Um, so I, I kind of think it's nice to have a little, you don't have to have a motto, but to have a, a vision in mind, like what, why am I doing this? What am I trying to get out of this? And then somehow, what's the message? Yeah, yeah, what's the message? And then weave that into your sort of marketing. Um, but what I learned also for series two is I've kept the intros much shorter. So instead of sort of, you know, I sort of have like a page that I write out and then record. Um, now I just keep it a lot shorter because, you know, I tag these people on Instagram, people can follow them. And we talk a lot about what they do in the conversation. So you don't want to hear me blather on for an extra five minutes in the beginning let's just get straight into the conversation. So I sort of learned mm-hmm. that from series one as well. I've slightly changed. Um, adjusted it. Adjusted yeah. it just so it's not too long. It's like all that. a progression and evolution, right? 
yeah, exactly. And you get inspired by listening to different podcasts and, um, you know, what I'm doing now, you know, because, because the plan was to record the whole series too and then release them, obviously that slightly changed. So I recorded an intro that says, you know, this was my plan, but due to the current pandemic, I'm releasing the ones I've recorded already, blah, blah, blah. So just kind of setting the scene a little bit. So then I'll need to record a, an updated intro for when I start recording again. So it's nice to keep mm-hmm. it sort of, um, kind of, you know, I want people to... Like relevant. Yeah, for people to know that this is what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, like this This is why these are being released now. Because I, I love mm-hmm. other podcasters that do that, you know, that kind of give you a little insight into the time that it's actually happening that it's that it was recorded when it was recorded and when it's being released because they're not always close together um so it's nice yeah. to kind of set the scene for your listener yeah for sure one thing i noticed so as i mentioned to you uh, before we started recording so i listened to the first episode your first episode and the most recent one uh, that you made because i like and i did that with my other friend as well because it's interesting for me to see how were you at the beginning and how and what is it like now? And I, you know, and I wrote some notes. So what I loved is that definitely one of the main things from the first episode to the most recent one is the way you speak has become a lot clearer. Number one, uh, I think also that you're a lot better at asking questions and less ums and ahs because I heard it in the first one and I'm like oh my god this is so me and <laughs> by totally the way under- that was edited as well so they were even more than you heard <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny but I could I told so I was listening to it and I'm like man this is me like even when I did like two three episodes ago I was like I was listening back to it and I'm like Oh my God. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's me and I'm so aware of it. It's like a huge like alarm every of time. Of course, and, we're and so self-critical, but it's almost, you're like, shut up. Stop speaking. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And But one thing I really admire about your podcast is, especially your intro, is I really admire the way you speak and the way you present the guest and the intro. I think it's very clean. It's very clear and you automatically get a full, you know, idea of what that episode's about, who this guest is and kind of the vision or the message from that episode. So I want to commend you on that. It's something I really, oh, I really you. admire. Yeah, I, no, um, cause I like, I like to learn from people and I admire people who do good things. Oh, thank you. No, that means a lot. I am, um, when I listened to that first one back the first time, cause I also, we, we didn't record it on two separate tracks. So trying to edit my mms and yeah it's a nightmare it's a nightmare now i i i record on two separate tracks although the microphone picks up both of us so it's you know it's complicated but we tried to edit it as much as we could and i was so angry with myself because i was like what chloe's saying is brilliant and there's a couple of times in that episode where i actually cut her off and i'm just not aware you know because of the nerves and the that lack of experience um whereas now uh that it still happens occasionally and sometimes Rami will hear me editing and he's like babe why are you speaking like you you shouldn't be speaking then let your guests speak (laughs) (laughs) and now I'll get him to like listen to ones I'm like look look how good I was I didn't speak um (laughs) and that's why I really I really love the last episode that went live with Shireen because I love the fact that the majority of that conversation is her yeah it was fantastic 
It was a really, really good episode. And she had so much to say. And it was so, I love the way, I mean, she has her own podcast as well. So she's a fantastic speaker. But I just felt, I was in the moment. I was so, I was just there with her. Like, I just loved that conversation. And for me, Mm -hmm. the episodes where I speak the least are the best. Um, Interesting. It is conversational. You know, like, I I want to share my thoughts as well. But the spotlight is very much on my guests. Like, that's the kind of concept that I always had in mind. So I really enjoy the ones where I can see the, you know, the audio bars when I'm editing that, you know, it's like just one static line for me and then loads of lines there. Like, (laughs) this is good. This is a good sign. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's hard, you know, because you don't know know really how a guest is going to be. Of course. Um, of course. And I've had a couple where I felt like I've had to carry it a little bit more um, because they've been nervous. You know, they've said to me, I'm really nervous. Um, mm-hmm. So I felt like I've, I've had to speak just to sort of help them along a little bit. Um, so it's also learning, but that also just comes with like experience. It's such a skill to be able to interview people. People we watch doing this on TV and people that do this professionally make it look easy. It is not easy. and especially as what I've noticed as the host is since you're coming on my show or vice versa it's my responsibility to make the guest feel number one as comfortable as possible and number two uh, to shine light on them and number three to guide the conversation it's on me you know it's my responsibility to do that and like you correctly said it's not easy you know sometimes a lot of the episodes I've ended the episodes when I did because I'm looking at my guests' body language. I'm listening to how are they responding. And after you've been talking for an hour and a half, two hours, you know, sometimes that's it. People are, you know, just done talking, which is nothing wrong with that. So it's been such a psychological thing as well. You have to pay attention to so many little things. Yeah, you really do. Because I've also got that impression from people like, you know, some of my episodes are 40 minutes. Some of them are an hour and a half, an hour, 45 minutes. Um, and that's just because some people want to share more than others. So, um, and I've had a few times where I've really had to think on my feet because even though I've shared the questions, the person has pushed back on a question and uh, not in a rude way, but just in a, I don't really want to go that way. And then you have to like pick it back up and think on your feet and go in a different direction. So it's, mm. um, yeah, it really, it really is a skill. For sure. I'm curious to hear from you, Peter. So from episode one to where you are today, what would you say for yourself are the biggest lessons you've learned, number one, and where do you think you've grown the most from person from a personal development perspective? Um, lessons would be from a sort of practical point of view, you know, I can now record an, I can record an episode, edit it, publish it put videos together. I can do all the the different stages of production myself. So I really have learned, you know, it's by no means perfect. And it's, um, you know, the videos are very basic and I don't have different angles going on and, you know, lovely intros and outros like I did when I had my amazing um, intern, Parveen. I don't really like to call her an intern. She's like my right-hand woman, but I, you know, I don't have her as much anymore because she's really busy. So I've had to learn a lot of practical things like that, um, which are great. And I really enjoy 
really enjoy that kind of production process. Um, and then also just learning how to, all the things we've said, you know, actively listen and be present and just relax into the conversation and, and grow in confidence. And I, I started the podcast in June and I started my coaching course in July. So I think that really oh, okay. helped as well because it sort of coincided. So whilst I was learning all these new skills, that was helping with my with my interviewing technique. Um, yeah. And then in terms of like how I've how I've sort of progressed, I think it's it's confidence. I mean, the idea of what, like when I when I started the podcast, even the idea of sort of putting something out that my friends and family might listen to made me feel really uncomfortable and embarrassed. Like embarrassed. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, what if someone listens to this, you know? Um, and through doing my coaching course and being coached myself, these are all sort of like insecurities and silly things that, you know, I'm carrying with me that I no longer, I no longer need. And so I've sort of learned that, you know, you really want to do this, you enjoy it, you know, you've got to kind of, of course we care what what people think, you know, we do, especially people that are close to us and that we respect. Um, but, you know, at least I'm having a go. So if someone, you know, wants to say something negative or make fun, which by the way, no one ever has, but, you know, in my mind, whenever I think, you know, if I start to feel a bit insecure and I think, well, what if someone makes fun of that? I think, well, at least I'm having a go. At least I'm, yeah. at least I'm trying. And there's this amazing, um, it's a, it's like a, what would you, what would you, it's not a quote, but it's Brene Brown. Um, oh, she's fantastic. She basically, she, I think she did it in her first ever TED talk. She reads this piece called In the Arena, The Man in the Arena. And whenever I'm feeling a bit like, oh, unsure of, you know, should I, should I do that? And, should I be in the video as well? I like watch this clip of Brené Brown reading the ma- the man in the arena, um, and I'll share it with you after our conversation. And it just makes me think, yeah, no, do it because at least I'm giving it a go. So anyone that wants to judge and make comments and make fun of the fact that you know, I'm I don't know whatever people might say, well, I'm having a go. So yeah, I have a bit more sort of belief in myself, I guess. Yeah. Because one thing um, I really resonate with that because even when I started the was starting the podcast and especially these daily posts, so I was watching um, Gary V. Yeah, and he was giving a TED he was giving a TED talk uh, or one of his talks that he does, and he was like, "You're gonna leave this talk today, and you're gonna go home, and you're not gonna like you'll be inspired now, but you're not gonna implement what I said." And he said that the reason you don't post as much and you the reason you're not like putting yourself out there is because it comes from a place of insecurity, and that like slapped me in the face like you wouldn't believe. Like it was such a realization. I'm like, wow, okay, now I understand where that's coming from. So for me, you know, everything I'm doing with it, it's the podcast, whether you know it's the daily posts. At the end of the day, the goal is to help someone. Yes, but I'm also like that my priority is to help myself and to grow myself and to develop myself. So like you said, give it a go. You know, what am I losing? I only benefit from this. And people always use this analogy, don't they? Of You know, when you're on a plane, they always tell you to put your your oxygen mask on first. 
and you have to invest in yourself first to then be of service to others so yes you want to help Ooh, other people but you ha- you are doing this because you want to develop yourself as well and yeah. it is I feel like you're very much like me in the sense that doing the podcast is like a kind of it's like your own self-development course in a way isn't it um, 100% 100% like that's how that's how I view it like I get so much from it in every conversation I have with a guest is exactly the conversation I needed to have on that day it's really bizarre like some I'll get something from it that I'm like oh, I needed to hear that and it might not mm. be to do with it might not necessarily be connected to the topic that we're talking about um but I yeah I honestly get so much from it but then that sort of I really enjoy talking to people especially one-on-one so I think if you're that sort of person um you know and you're thinking about doing a podcast then naturally you're going to get so much from it because it is it's just you and that other person and it's one-on-one and it's it's such a sort of like a precious time isn't it you're not yeah you know it's there's nothing else going on you have no other distractions um and yeah each time I I I genuinely learn something and get something from it I totally agree and I'm I couldn't you know resonate with that anymore you know each when I look back now each conversation each episode was from a completely different topic different perspectives different things and just having those conversations and being open about them and for people to be willing to share their points of view and stuff you always I I learned so much from you know from each conversation I've had and each one has been different so you've had to adjust you have to adapt and you can always learn something from anyone you know that's my whole belief if you can sit down with a person one-on-one no distractions have a conversation about whatever topic you want I think you can always walk away from that conversation having learned something, no matter how big or how small. 100%. So, Peter, like I was, uh, we were mentioning, last year you did a coaching course that coincided with the time that you did your podcast. And we had a conversation about that back at uh, Kainuna. So I wanted to understand from you, what was the coaching course about? What are your views about coaching? You know, how has it helped you? Maybe just walk us through that experience, because that's something I'm looking to get into in the future as well. Um, well, first of all, I remember that conversation really well um, that we had at Kainuna and shout out to the Kainuna team who we Kainuna. both know and love. Um, hashtag we are Kainuna. And yep. uh, yeah, I, I signed up for this coaching course um, and it started in July last year. And I had been thinking about doing a coaching course for a while um, for a couple of reasons. One quite a lot of my close friends would say things to me like oh you'd make a great like coach or counselor you're so good at giving advice um and I was like oh yeah you know I do I do like you know talking to people especially one-on-one and I'm interested in kind of helping people but understand why people feel the way they do and and behave the way they do and then too because I left school so early and I didn't complete my studies it's kind of always been on my mind that I'd like to study mm-hmm. um, and so I started to ask around I thought let me do a coaching course because I'd looked into studying like psychology but I don't have the the grades like the school grades that you need to be able to study 
um okay a course like psychology and also just the cost of of doing like a long distance university psychology course it's you know it's it's mm. a lot so a lot. I thought let me look at coaching because I had had an experience of being coached and I really enjoyed it so I thought let me look let me look into this whole coaching life life coaching and a friend of mine recommended a company called North Point Academy and uh, met him for a coffee in his office and just to kind of pick his brains and he didn't sell me the course or anything we were just talking and he was asking me lots of questions you know why do you want to get into this and uh, when I said to him oh you know my friends tell me I'm really good at giving advice he was like well that's that's lovely but you do know that coaching isn't giving advice and I was like is it not oh okay and I had no (laughs) idea what coaching was I was like oh interesting and he's like no coaching is about there are certain tools that you use um but it's about helping people discover what they already know and what they have from within. It's not about giving advice. Um, And I now know that, but at the time I didn't. And he was talking to me about the course and what it entailed. And I just thought, wow, I really, really want to do this. And uh, yeah, so I I signed up for their course and it was basically, um, it was a six month course, but it was a combination of, Every couple of months, we would meet face to face. There are about 15 people on my cohort, um, all from different backgrounds and, you know, different jobs and nationalities. And we'd meet face to face for two or three days here in Dubai. And it would be very intense, like full days of workshops, learnings in person. And then in between that, you'd have assignments and you'd have virtual um, sessions. And then we were also encouraged to meet up with each other and practice on each other. So it was really full on, um, but I loved it. And the first weekend alone, the first weekend was three full days, nine till six. And I remember saying to Matt and Sarah, Sarah is the other co-founder, but she lives in the UK. I said to them, if this, if this is all this course was just this three days, that for me is enough. Like this has been so monumental that I would be happy with just what I've gained from these three days. It was that kind of eye-opening. It's almost like you have a new kind of lens, you know, like you've been looking at the world through one pair of lenses and then all of a sudden you have these new lenses and you can't go back to how you saw things before. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just fascinating. And the way they the way they facilitated the learning was so everyone just felt comfortable. You know, if you didn't feel comfortable with with a certain thing, you didn't need to, you could just listen, you know, they don't, don't put people on the spot. You know, it's a very, it's a safe space. Cause I was a little bit apprehensive going in. Cause I was like, Oh, I've never done a course before. And like, are they going to make you like, are they going to put me on the spot? And you know, I was a bit, I was a bit nervous and a bit apprehensive, but it wasn't like that at all. It was like just such a lovely environment. And as the weeks went on and I was practicing coaching with my fellow cohorts, which by the way, some of them had done some courses before. So you're actually getting free coaching as well by people that are actually, some of them quite experienced coaches. So although they might not be qualified yet, they, um, they're fantastic coaches. So it was amazing from that aspect as well to be coached, um, you know, to gain all this free coaching and also by the, the trainers themselves, the facilitators. Um, and it was a very 
intense experience. And I didn't do it because I was like, I want to become a life coach. I did it for those reasons. I thought this is something I'm interested in. It's good for my self-development. I need to, I want to study something I haven't studied in years. Um, and I did, I went in with a very open mind, you know, I'm not doing this mm. to then become a, a practicing coach at the end of it. I just, I really think this will help me further in, further down the line um, with whatever it is I'm going to end up doing. I know it's going to be a, a valuable tool. And at For the sure. end of it, I felt actually quite, it was amazing, but I've been turned inside out and upside down. And I actually <laughs> yeah, felt quite exhausted. Right. And mm. In the best possible way, and I remember saying to Matt and Sarah, because I now work with them, I, I actually handle the, the North Point Academy social media. Because um, when I, about halfway through the course, I was like, guys, who does your social media? Because I'm having this incredible experience, but it's not really reflected in your social media. And they were like, well, we need someone to do it. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe we can work together. Um, so I've, you know, I've been working with them since I, I've done the course. And you know, I, I always say to them, you need to offer some sort of like rehab for people that come out of your course because it's like <laughs> you go through this transformational, you know, their, their whole sort of motto is alive to ourselves, awake to others. And you really do. That's, that's what happens. And you then sort of get like spat out back into the real world. And it's quite disorientating. And I remember Rami saying to me, God, I wish you hadn't done that course because you're more confused than ever. You know, like you're, <laughs> you're questioning things that, you know, like why are you suddenly like confused about that? And I'm like, well, I'm just looking at it from a different way. And, you know, why yeah. am I doing this? And, you know, and I was, I really was questioning absolutely everything, which is fantastic, but it's also a bit, you know it makes you feel a bit kind of overwhelmed and I felt really quite drained at the end of it and there were other things going on as well at the time which changes in jobs and lots of unstableness in work so there were other factors mm. but I felt like I just needed a breather whereas some people finished yeah. the course and they were like right I've got my qualification I'm now going to do my ICF which is your International Coaching Federation qualification which is basically more hours um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to become a coach. Like, that's what I'm doing. Um, whereas I was one of the people that was like, okay, I just need a breather because like, I cannot talk anymore. I feel like I have talked yeah. for six months yeah. and I actually had a coaching session with one of my fellow cohorts, this guy called Travis, who, who is now a qualified ICF coach. He's amazing. And, um, I had this session with him and I was, he was coaching me and I was explaining how I was feeling. And I was just like, you know, Travis, I just don't know what I want to do anymore. Like the work I do, like, I don't even know why I do it. I'm not passionate about it. I just, you know, but then I need to, I need to earn a living. But what is it that I really want to do? Well, I don't know what that is. You know, like, just like literally questioning everything. And he said yeah. to me, he was like, you, it's almost like you're swimming underwater and you're kicking up sand. And the more you panic, the more sand you're kicking up and you can't see, you need to get really still and okay. let the sand settle, let the dust settle, and you then will be able to see a way. But right now, you're just, you're flapping. Like, you're you're trying to fix things and do things. And, you know, like, for example, I was like, I know, I'm going to open a business. I'm going to do this. You know, and, and, mm. and I'd like run with this idea for a week. And then I'd be like, no, that's not going to work. Next, you know, I was just trying to fix something that maybe didn't even need to be fixed. And um, so I took, I took his you know, sort of 
the way he did it, it wasn't advice. You know, the the way you, when you're being coached, it's all about powerful questions and active listening. And mm. he made me, he used that analogy, but we basically came to the conclusion that I needed to get really, really still. And, um, and I'm still very much figure, figuring that out. You know, I don't have all the answers, but I don't think anyone does. Um, but I just needed a couple of months of just like, oh, okay, I've done this course. Let me just let that all sink in because I yeah, was also exactly. reacting to people very differently because I was seeing people in a different way. Mm-hmm. Could you go through this experience and it's like, you are so awake to things that you were never awake to before. And you listen to people in a different way and the way people speak and the things people say, like, it's like you hear it in a different, in a different light. And like a I, different language. It is. And I just needed to kind of get my head around that. Um, and I, I think I graduated in, I think it was October I graduated. And since mm-hmm. then I haven't done any coaching. Um, but I, because I work with North Point, I'm very much involved in what they do because I handle their social media, what they do. So for example, like right now they're doing this amazing initiative called coaching for COVID and every Monday at seven thirty, they have a virtual coaching session. Um, it's an hour and a half. Anyone can join. It's free anyone from all over the world and they teach some of the North Point coaching tools. Yeah. So we go out into the breakout rooms and we do something called commencement, um, which is basically where you name an object of thought that might be stopping you from being fully present. And what are your thoughts and feelings around that? And then what are you going to do to action that right now in order to be fully present? What do you need to do? Um, and then we go back into the kind of group chat and Matt and Sarah talk through some North Point coaching tools. And it's just a really nice, safe environment with like-minded people. It's extra support. And that's happening every Monday now going forward until who knows when. Um, mm-hmm. And that's almost been like dipping my toe back in into coaching a little bit. Um, sure. because I haven't really done any coaching since the course. But I think since learning from all the ladies I've spoken to so far in series two, especially the birth workers, I am very interested in doing something in that arena, not medically, but in terms of how to support pregnant women. So mm. I feel like my coaching is is going to come in very useful. I just don't know what, what it's going to look like yet. But yeah. I use it on a daily basis just with general life as well. For yourself. Yeah. And just with, you know, with friends, it's made me, it's made me approach things very differently, you know, especially with like close friends and family members. I would always, I would always start giving unsolicited advice, which can actually be really unhelpful, especially if someone hasn't asked for it. And I used yeah. to do that a lot with the best intentions um but a lot of that is is projection sort of bringing my own stuff into the conversation whereas now I ask questions yeah and I ask permission more um Mm. rather than just sort of offloading well this is what I think you should do you know um yeah yeah so it's really helped I think with with relationships and looking at things you know differently um and I would advise anyone to do a coaching course, even if you have no interest in becoming a coach, purely just for the sort of self-development 
aspect of it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's uh, so I didn't do a I haven't done a coaching course in like a center, but I took an online uh, NLP course. Uh, so it was like 27 hours of video content. I did it over two, three months or something. And I have like maybe five full notebooks of notes. But I remember uh, going through that process and it was, like you said, you see the world in a completely different way, like how you, you read people, how to understand people, language patterns, how we take in information. So it's a game changer. So, and that's why I, like you said, I recommend anyone, whether it's NLP, whether it's life coaching, take some kind of course like that because you will see the world and your life in a completely different way. Oh my God, yeah, it is a game changer. And it makes you realize that this is why some people react in this way. And this is why, you know, you learn about beliefs and values and you learn about people's internal and external worlds. And you just learn all these these new ways of looking at things. So now I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more sort of patient, I think, with people. But equally, mm. I've also learned to trust my gut more. So if I get a gut yeah. feeling about someone something I've learned to trust that more um and listen to my own sort of instincts and values and beliefs more because you you get to mm. understand yourself more as well for you, sure you become yeah more alive to yourself you know it's interesting kind of breaking down oh yeah why do I react like that you know why why do I think that way about a certain thing and it's yeah it's fascinating and I would love to do more as well I think it's um it's just very intense so you need to for example I would not have been able to go straight into another course off the back of this one yeah for sure like even from even for me when I did uh when I finished the course so I bought the second uh the second version and another course as well but I told myself I'm like okay that was a lot and I, you know there's a lot to take in like you said so when you said that you needed a break I completely resonated with that because I haven't started that second course yet and I finished this course back in Jan and the reason I'm like I cannot go and take another course now before I've fully understood what I've learned and ingrained it into my own life and believed it and understood it and I guess got to a level of I don't know if mastery is the right word, but confidence with it mm. so that then I'm ready for that new information to go to that next level. Because if I keep learning, yeah, it's great, but learning without application, you know, at the end of the day is just knowledge then. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's like what I was saying before about the getting still. It's like, okay, I could do another course. I could, I could keep talking about this, you know, and go around in circles. But what I need to do now is just go back and live my life a bit and just just see what happens you know just like let life mm -hmm. happen a little bit and unfold and uh yeah apply what I've learned and then see what happens rather than trying to kind of it's it's like you you come out of the course and then there's all these things you want to change and fix but that's not how life works like you can't just you can't manipulate every single area of your life of course you can make changes and decisions but you also need to let life just happen as well and things yeah. just naturally progress. So I think, um, and that's why it was really funny when I found out I was pregnant because at the time I just finished the course, I literally was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, I, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know 
you know, the work I've been doing has been great, but I just don't have a passion for it anymore. It's just like a job. And also like I've been working really hard and I haven't been working smart for like mm-hmm. years. Um, you know, I'm I'm like I get the odd occasional great job but the rest of the time it's like all these kind of pocket money jobs like why what is that about (laughs) you know like why am I doing this and I was like questioning all these things and I just was like I and poor Rami because at the time I think he was just like what is happening to my wife because I was just so lost um and for a little bit I even didn't I stopped the podcast as in I just didn't make any more appointments like I just kind of I put it on pause because I just didn't have I just wasn't in the right frame of mind and then um when I found out I was pregnant I was like oh my god this is perfect actually because people always worry about losing themselves when they have a baby and I was like I'm so fucking lost anyway that this is great (laughs) because yeah I'm now gonna like meet myself through my babies it's perfect Mm -hmm. um and I just felt like it was for me I was like this is going to give me focus like this is what I need um and then since then you know not everything is perfect not everything has fallen into place but it's definitely given me a focus and it's definitely made me feel more more kind of you know I don't have time for things anymore that I that I used to I'm like no if you're not interested in it don't do it you know more patience yeah and also just more like clarity like I used to never turn down a single job um to the point where I sort of like overwhelm myself I mean now you know it's it's almost laughable because like us freelancers are desperate for work now um but before you know all the coronavirus stuff happened I would I would sort of fill my plate to the point where some of the things I'd agreed to do were just not the work I was giving was not equal to what I was being paid um and for various different reasons and I now I'm more at a stage where when someone comes to me with something I really look at it I don't just say yes I think is this the right fit for me can I add value here why do I want to do this is the thousand dirhams really worth it you know um yeah I, I sort of look at things more um because yes we all need money but I'm much more like okay but how much of this of my time how much of my time is this going to take and what is it going to take away from something else you know and I just I'm much better now sort of trying to work smarter I definitely haven't got it sussed and now it all goes out the window because I mean you know most freelancers unfortunately have lost majority of their work now so um Mm. you know it's a whole different ball game now but before this yeah I just from the time I found out I was pregnant to you know before coronavirus that sort of period just become much more sort of like you know just really look at the reasons why you why you want to do this um and so yeah it's it's definitely been one of the best things I've ever done that course and the the company North Point Academy are just they're they're amazing they're so hands-on and it's you know it's a small homegrown business so and you really feel that way as well and they the alumni from all the previous courses you know they have alumni events and it's a really nice community to be part of Mm. yeah it sounds like there's a lot of 
between that course, I think between the course and the podcast, I think they coincided for you at really relevant times. And I think one kind of fed into the other because with podcasts, you were trying to create your own community and become part of the, I guess, in quotation marks, podcast community. And you're also becoming part of the other community. And I think they both kind of feed into each other in a way because through the podcast, you're trying to, you know, help people and have interesting conversations and through the coaching you're being able to have more interesting conversations and like you said be coached more and they kind of I think both feed into each other yeah they do and I'm also learning how to say no because I used to be like really scared of saying no to things um and just get a bit awkward and now I feel much more confident like I'm much more confident in myself at pushing back at things yeah um which, you know, sometimes it's, it's still a struggle, but I think that's one of the hardest things for anyone to learn is, is sure. that, that ability to say no. And actually, sometimes it doesn't need an explanation. It's just like, no, sorry, I, I can't do that. Yeah. And it doesn't have, like you said, there doesn't have to be an explanation for everything. Yeah. You just not, might not be interested and it might not be the worth the effort versus the reward that you were talking about before in terms of your time, in terms of, you know, how much effort you're going to need to for that thousand for example that thousand dirhams that you were talking about i mean now i do anything for a thousand dirhams but i'm yeah. talking about before coronavirus <laughs> yeah <laughs> things have definitely definitely changed yeah now i'm like, like sign totally me up agree. it's a completely different yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh different a thousand right now please yeah. <laughs> oh man uh peter i wanted to say first of all Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really, really have been looking forward to this for a long time because based on that conversation we had, I'm like, oh my God, there's 10,000 things I want to talk to Peter about. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, And I wanted to ask you, what I like to do at the end of each episode is just what would you have as last few words of advice for, you know, anyone listening to take home? Oh, oh, you put me on the spot. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. Um, you know what? I, my advice would be to watch the Brené Brown YouTube video called Why Your Critics Aren't the Ones Who Count. And you can also find it by searching Brené Brown Man in the Arena. And I will share the link with you. Okay. And that little clip it was from a ted talk she did is something that i it it just honestly every time i watch it it like makes me cry because it just people need to know that because a lot of the time we don't do things that we feel we should and that is like our calling and that is so good for our soul and that we we know we should do purely based on fear yeah. and I'm guilty of it I'm guilty of it right now there's things I want to be doing and I'm not doing it because I'm too scared um and that is just it's such a waste of time like we're literally only here once this is not a dress rehearsal so why do we let that stand in our way and this this clip is such a reminder and I haven't watched it in a while actually so I'm going to watch this after we finish speaking and, and post it on my Instagram <laughs> because it's sure. such a reminder of, you know, the person who counts is not the critic. It's the person who's in the arena getting their face dirty as well. And yeah. that's, I think that's what it's all about. It's just about having a go. And, 
you know, you might have a go at something and that might not quite work out, but it might lead you on to something else. It's just the most amazing thing. Um, yeah. and, and you don't know until you try. So I just, I really, you know, I, I just love to encourage people to, to take action, stop like waiting for tomorrow. And, um, it, you know, it's that old sort of saying like, feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, and yeah, that would be, that would be my little, uh, my little nugget of wisdom for today. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's amazing advice and something that I definitely resonate with as well. Guys, whoever's been listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I really, really learned a lot from this, from terms of podcasting, in terms of, you know, fear, in terms of, you know, just taking a risk and having a go. As always, guys, thanks for listening and hope it helps. Peace.